0: Welcome to the Stationary Adjacent Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and friend, Stuart Lennon. Hey, Stu, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Justin. How are you this fine morning? I'm doing morning for me, evening for you. You've had a productive day. I'm looking forward to a productive day starting off with the podcast. So we'll get into there. We're going to talk this week about one of the fun things in productivity, calendars and time blocking. But we're going to start with our favorite thing, our tool of the week. Uh, Stu, what was your favorite tool of the week? Something that had an impact on your productivity?
1: Uh, a shout-out this week for one of my most used tools, which is a pen, a, a fountain pen to boot. Um, you you will approve, um, because it's a Japanese nib, which I know is right up your street. It's a Sailor Pro Gear Slim, uh, and it's white with a rhodium trim. Um, I think maybe Sapporo is the name. Um, mm. They're just such beautiful pens to write with. This would be, I think... A Japanese broad would be my guess, which is a medium European style. Probably on the finer side for my preferences, but it's a lovely pen and I use it for the my morning journal practice, which I do in a Hobinichi. Oh, very nice. Yeah, every every time I, I pull that pen out, I'm just I marvel at the way that even if I haven't used it for a couple of days, it just writes straight away, it never skips, it's smooth. Uh, it's lovely. It's just such a, it's everything that's good about the fountain pen hobby. It's a mm. beauty to use. Interesting. And um, what about you? What about you? What have you been using this week?
0: So I, I actually have, inspired by, by you and our conversation last week, I have a double recommendation. So last week, I, the idea of the podcast to me is that we have something that everybody can take away from it you know, one or two little pearls of wisdom that somebody can go and implement into their, their week and become a little bit more productive. Last week, we talked about your process of dumping everything from your mind into a notebook and then putting that into your task manager. And I was sort of thinking about my, my changes post-COVID of my review Uh, procedure. Mm -hmm. Normally I would go on a Sunday and sit in one of the local coffee shops for a couple of hours and do a very good data dump out of my mind and then go through my task manager or my notes and make sure everything's very organized. And I've sort of been... I've been doing that uh, digitally, but I haven't really taken the time. Uh, on a Sunday, I've got the family home, so the time available is a little bit more constrained. I don't have that leisurely time. So I actually blocked out a couple of hours on Tuesday morning this week, uh, took a pad of paper. I used a Rhodia uh, number 18 A4 lined pad. Uh, Rhodia is absolutely gorgeous paper. To use with any writing implement. Uh, I chose a Steinbeck length Blackwing 811. The 811 is a green one that glows in the dark. Uh, and I sat down and I just, regardless of what was in my task manager, brain dumped everything that was in my mind from business and personal. And then I took it and I went back to my productivity software, my to-do list, and just compared changed some priorities. I had a couple things that I thought were in there, but weren't. Uh, And it was actually a very, very therapeutic uh, process. So I wanted to say, thank you very much for giving me that idea, that takeaway and allowing me to use something. Uh, The Blackwing 811, it glows in the dark. And the reason I picked that is my pencil cup is under a light and I shut down for the evening. And as I was walking away, this little, Steinbeck length so that's uh, about the length of your hand just it fits nicely the ferrule fits on the on the thumb part of your hand Uh, it was glowing and just screaming for attention (laughs) so I lovingly picked it out of the pencil cup and there we go that's why it was back in rotation so it wanted to be used and it was used in a beautiful way there you go you've got a needy pencil very needy Anyway, let's get on to our, I think we've, we've time blocked some time for this. So, uh, let's get on to our topic for today. You're a big calendar user. Perhaps you can talk about calendars and tell us what they're for. Calendars.
1: What are they for? For me, I have a calendar per area. So calendars are an electronic thing for me okay I have plenty of notebooks and some of those have got dates in them but for calendaring I use electronics I just use Apple's standard calendar iCal Uh, but I have a calendar for well I have a calendar called SL that's me Stuart Lennon Um, I have one called ML which is uh, Margaret Lennon so she gets to see my SL, I get to see her ML. Then I have a Nero's Notes calendar. I have an 1857 calendar. I have a Lime calendar. That's my consultancy business. I have a couple of, I won't give the name, but the big client that I work for, they have several exchange calendars, which are all terribly formal. And th- these all sit on my calendar app and I turn them on and off as appropriate. So most of the time I will have everything on, but then as I get into my day I will turn lots of them off because really what I'm looking to get to, uh, again it's that that crossover that you and I talk about so often, is I look at the digital, transcribe to the analog what I'm actually interested in. So. I've got an appointment at nine, I've got another appointment at two, that's all that I'll transcribe down, and then I probably won't look at my calendar again. Interesting. Yeah, what it tracks for me um, is A, my wife and I track where we are, just because occasionally you know, we, we need each other to do things, but also so that i can help when i'm making plans for next week i can see where she is we have a couple of dogs we need to make sure that they're looked after and thought about and for example because my wife had back surgery last year um i will see that she's put shopping in the grocery shopping in the calendar i have to be available not to go shopping um because she and i going shopping together generally ends in war (laughs) but i have to be at home available to lift all the stuff into the house. That's that's my job. So it's things like that. It's just little practical issues, issues, tasks. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Can't speak today. Um that's kind of all that I used to do. And we'll get on to what I, I now do in a little bit later. What do you use calendars for?
0: Uh so I, I don't do any time blocking in my calendar. My calendars are for appointments only. And I'm actually protect my calendars a lot. I keep all of my calendars in Apple calendar. Mm-hmm. I also have a separate work calendar that's in Outlook. Yeah. And the stuff that is important to me gets put in my calendar in the Apple uh, world. I have multiple calendars, much like you. I have the shared family calendar. Uh, my wife is very, very diligent about putting things in there tasks for me a lot of her work schedule she works uh, she's a nurse so she works uh, different schedules different shifts uh, and so in order for me to understand where she is uh, she usually puts that on I have things like uh, my podcast is in the family calendar that way she knows when I'm going to be unavailable and more importantly when I'm going to come down and say please be quiet I need to talk Uh, because you know in this day and age everybody's home all the time sure I use my work calendar. I have a one called work that is anything that's important for me, but really it's just the outward facing appointments that I put in there. I don't put in anything for task management is all done in task manager for me. It is really just for appointments with other people that I need to be available for that goes into this calendar. It's a little, a little different than yourself. Yeah, I mean, I used to use calendars
1: in lieu of a task manager. So I would go through a whole sort of mangled process. Uh, I tried to short circuit GTD, if you like, and I would just immediately capture, prioritize, deadline, all in one action, and throw things into the calendar. And that's how I ended up forgetting to pay the car tax. So I've moved away from that. I've taken tasks out. But the new discipline that I'm using is time blocking. Not, not necessarily hyper-scheduling, which I know some people use very effectively, um, and they start scheduling their bathroom breaks and things like that. Okay. Um, but I, I use it as a it's a prioritization exercise. It, it's that one that we talked about before. It's the action of doing it is the important thing rather than the output that it produces. Uh-huh. So in the mornings, because I'm an early riser, I will condense my calendar down to day view on whatever Apple machine I'm using, usually my iPad. Uh, And I will say, okay, I've got an appointment then, an appointment there. Oh, look, I've got some big lumps of time that I can use. And that's where I will start then going, okay, that lump there is at the sort of time when I'm liable to be disturbed. So I'm going to put my admin tasks in there, checking my email, uh, doing the bits and pieces that sort of, detritus of of business life I'm going to put in there. First thing in the morning, I tend to write because it's quiet. I have one dog that ignores me flatly when I get up, just looks at me as if to say, this is way too early, what are you doing? (laughs) And, And the new one, Charlie, is he is the faithful retainer, so he just wants to be with me. So he has his kitchen chair, I have my kitchen chair, he jumps up onto his, curls up and goes back to sleep and I sit there and write. And that's, by some stretch, that is the most productive time I have. It's the most creative time I have. And I have maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours that I can just fire into whatever writing needs to be done that day, which is is where my creative outlet tends to be. Uh, But before I start the writing, I spend about five minutes, maybe, maybe 10, just going, okay, what am I going to put in here? I'll put this block there. And I physically do that with a calendar. It's in a It's a very bright color. It's a calendar that tends to sit on its own. So I'll turn off all the other calendars when I'm viewing it and just go, okay, there's an appointment, there's an appointment, there's some travel time to that appointment, for example. So I might put a bit of margin around something uh, just to see where I have actual time. Mm. And i found that incredibly empowering because there's a danger with task managers um, if you don't use them correctly. And I think most people, me certainly, have a tendency to sort of fall back on using them as they were intended. You can have as much as you like on a list. And it's all very well listing out that you've got 25 important things to do. But when are you going to do them? When are you actually going to say, right, task three, whatever task three might be, is about 90 minutes. Here's 90 minutes. I'm going to do task three. And it's, you used the word last week, intentionality, of putting aside that time from 10 till 11.30, bang, task three. Here's a pro tip for everybody. If it's 90 minutes, you should probably put two hours in the block because <laughs> if you're anything like me, you'll get the timing estimations wrong and you might have a dog who, you know, desires a little bit of a, a fuss or a treat, or maybe you'll need to go to the bathroom. You don't need to schedule it. Just have some margin in there. And that's I've found that really, really useful. And I think it's not the calendar. That's not what's important. What's important is that little process that I've gone through for five minutes saying, this is what I'm going to do today. This this is the most important thing. And then, uh, as previously discussed, I will transcribe that across to my to my analog system of the day. As at the moment, I'm kind of alternating between index cards and, and notebooks. Um, but I, I'm sitting here now. I'm looking at my analog card which i i'm saying to rub it in because i know you can't get one yet. <laughs> um, but I, i'm looking at my analog card which has uh how many things seven seven major tasks on it today and the last of those is um record stationary Jason. and all the six before have all been marked off boom that's a good day that's a lot of tasks uh for me that's a lot of big tasks I don't mm-hmm. put there, you know, remember the milk. <laughs> These are things that are, you know, either appointments or lumps of time. And I'm finding that really, really
0: powerful, mm-hmm. perhaps cause it's novel.
1: I don't know. We will see.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, if you're anything like me in another month, we'll both have completely different systems.
1: Yeah, I, there is, I think there's a, there's a real value to that, um, I mean, again, you can't really tell people this because it, it goes against all of the trendy thought, but a lot of work is really boring, Justin. <laughs> I mean, it's People say, you know, it's exciting and creative. I, I speak as someone who has been writing a novel, one novel, for ooh, seven years now. Because, yes, it's exciting. I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to express myself. That's fine, but there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into it too and a lot of that work is drudgery Mm -hmm. and i think you know people like you and i skip around productivity because using new tools thinking in different ways changing our angle of attack uh, can add an element of interest to some things that otherwise are a little bit dull i don't think there's anything wrong with it unless it becomes yeah, uh, such a time suck as it detracts from everything else. But yeah, you're right. I uh, tomorrow I probably won't use a note note card. I'll probably be in a notebook. But yeah, it's the weekend. I want to be a bit more free form. I want to express a little bit more. I don't think you need to be tied bound to any system. If you if you are, it will soon become just another element of work.
0: Yeah, I think part of it is constantly evolving, figuring out what resonates with you. What, what helped me move the needle this week? And adapting that. Because as, as you said, there's going to be parts that are boring, that are hard work. And coming up with a way to schedule those in your day so that you have enough blocks of time to finish the hard work. To do those uh, sometimes unpleasant tasks of actually doing that difficult and, and sometimes boring work. Is really good for helping you helping you just get through that to the other side, knocking those off and seeing some way to do that. Sort of comes back to our our to do list a little bit last week. I use calendars a little different than you though. Um, mm-hmm. I get up in the morning and I do my writing and some of my other sort of creative projects. I don't look at my calendar in the morning. I plan out what I want to do the night before. Okay, and after I finish my personal productive work. You know, like this morning I was working on an article for my blog. Once I've finished that, then I'll sit down and I'll plan my business day because the stuff in the morning does not involve anyone else. I don't need to coordinate with anybody. I don't need to worry about that till, you know, 7.30 is about the time that I'm sitting there opening up my, my book, my, my file of facts that I talked about. I'll open up my OmniFocus, I'll take a look at my calendar. My calendar actually comes into OmniFocus in my task manager. Mm -hmm. So I can actually see what's in my plan. So I don't actually have to spend much time in the calendar itself because it's actually in there. I'll go through there and I've got an idea. Quite often I'll sit uh, on the weekend and I'll plan, okay, I've got a big project. I know this day I'm going to be working from home. I'm going to have a lot of time in big blocks I'm going to do that there. This day, I'm going to be working in this office. I'm going to assume that I'm not going to get much done during these hours that I'm in that office. And I'll schedule my big blocks around there. Uh, I'll put them on a calendar as, okay, today I want to tackle this. I've got this big project that I want to deal with. And then I'll go through in the day and I'll actually look at that. I'll tailor it somewhat to my energy levels as well. I've uh, been doing this for long enough Mm. that I have an idea of when I'm productive and when, you know, there's a better time for me to do administrative work. Uh, The stuff that is somewhat mindless, uh, or not mindless, but, uh, it does not require the intense focus of some of the more difficult projects that I've got on the go. And, and those are things that I'll put in my calendar according to that. Uh, but I'll actually sc- uh, schedule out the calendar. I use a file effect, So I have actually my time block from seven till seven. I could actually pick my times in there that I want to work on certain things like you. I don't hyper schedule, I put big blocks in there. I have a task list on the right-hand side, which is perhaps a little more detailed than your seven major tasks. Those would be the big blocks. The stuff on the left is the administrative stuff that I can fit in that needs to get done, that's time-constrained, or that requires a response, or requires some sort of external email that uh, there's a perfect thing for. That will go in in sort of that um, right-hand task list for me, again, just so I can have the fun of saying it's done. Then I can close down my calendar, I can close down my task manager, and I can focus on actually doing the work. It's it's very easy to get into the habit of constantly checking and what should I be doing next. If you've got a plan for the whole day, you may not get to everything, but you're going to make much more progress on the things that are, again, use Stephen Covey's Big Rocks, the things that are going to make a difference and the little stuff can fit around it. And if you miss some of the little stuff, it's probably not as important as, as the big stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's absolutely, I mean, I think we have similar systems. We're using slightly different tools, but the, the important thing, I, mean, I love what you said about um, energy levels. Um, so when I was working in an office environment with teams, I very quickly educated um, everyone. So if you, if you want a very rapid, gruff no, then ask me a question up until 10 o'clock in the morning because I'm not interested in talking to you. I don't <laughs> care what you want. I'm going to tell you no. Um, if you come to me at after three in the afternoon, I'm going to say, I don't know, come to me tomorrow because my, uh, my decision-making <laughs> ability has dissipated by that time. I'm just my mind is kind of on a sort of freewheeling at that point (laughs) i've done my hard work i'm usually pretty tired because i would have been up quite a long time by then and so i would teach people sure come in and have a chat to me at that time but don't look for decisions if you want decisions these are your golden hours grab me between 11 and 2 and i'll be I'll, i'll be yours you can get across what you need to say i'll think about it i'll respond i'll um i'll give you decisions and you know s- smart smart people very quickly work out how to how to work the people above them that's what management is okay don't don't worry about managing people beneath you that's easy it's managing those above you so that is a challenge <laughs> once you work out how to do that then you'll find that you'll uh, uh, get success and progress through the organization very very wise words <laughs> I had a lot of really good people who knew exactly when to talk to me, what questions to ask, um, when to be brief, when to be a bit more expansive. Uh, those are important skill sets to develop, which is, uh, if you take that away from this episode, that wasn't the intention, but hey, you can have it for free. <laughs> I see on the the show note that you're talking about shared calendars. Yeah, that was what I was so going to bring up next. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll give you an anecdote. This new client that I'm working with, I'm I'm sort of filling in a, a sales role, and I say I'm filling in. I, I, you can almost see me running, running my fingers through my hair, going, "I'm far too grand for that sort of thing." Um, but you know, sometimes it's. I think it's quite good to be humbled and be pretty much at the coal face of this organisation, which is great, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's a challenging environment for sure you may have may have heard there's a bit of a bug going about uh, which has slowed things down and there's there's someone whose whose role is to sort of coordinate and manage me to a certain extent and and she said well normally people give me access to their calendar I went do they and there was a long pregnant silence which wouldn't really work on a podcast so I'll, I'll speak through it <laughs> And and she said, that, that no good. And I said, well, I I have multiple commitments that are not related to you, to to this business. And so I, I'm not sure it would be appropriate. Um, I mean I can I can give you access to two, three hours a week if you'd like. <laughs> and she went, Oh, no, not really worth it. I said, But don't get me wrong, if if you if you need to talk, you know, just whiz me through a, a, a an invite or a request and if I can meet it, I will meet it. But it's it's as you wrote in the show note. It's it's so important to protect your time. If if you allow other people control of your time, then be assured that they will control it. Um, just because it gives them a kick because they feel they're being productive by controlling your time. And almost invariably what happens is that nothing happens. I mean, I'm well known on on the podcast uh, 1857 for telling TJ, don't go to meetings. They're a waste of time.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, and generally, that's my view. Uh, I'm astonished at the amount of time that is wasted in organizations. So th- this one that I'm working with, my peers uh, have a huddle in the morning, and they have a huddle in the evening, and they have a huddle after lunch. Well, that's a different, a different team, right. actually. It has a huddle after lunch where they pledge what they're going to achieve during the afternoon. Oh. Yeah. And <laughs> this was suggested to me, and there was another one of those long pregnant pauses, probably filled by my dog's barking, <laughs> um, where I just said, what, what do you talk about? And, and, you know, there were various and sundry answers come through, and I don't want to be unkind because I think this was a response to COVID and working from home, and, you know, it's trying to get people, keep people engaged and and feel that they're part of something rather than uh, entirely independent. Sorry, I'm watching my dogs There's one of them is fiercely pursuing the other. (laughs) They look like they're having a terribly good time. (laughs) Yeah. Protecting your time is extremely important and very difficult, particularly when the people trying to take it are higher than you in the organization. Obviously, if your boss says that he wants or she wants access to your calendar, then you, know, you, you have to give it. But uh, if that does happen, you need to speak to them about when you would rather have time reserved to get on and be productive and make the money. That's that's an important argument to use that last one, because ultimately that's what everybody's there for. And it generally speaking, I know, thinking of myself as a boss, if an employee turned around to me and said, "Look, you know, afternoons I sort of I get all the books done, and so I'd rather you spoke to me in the morning," I think great, fantastic. <laughs> you know, I, I want that information. Oh. Uh, otherwise, I will. You know, I have in the past said to people, "I'll meet you at this this time." Boom. Uh, so, protect your time is very very important. The only person who gets access to a calendar that they can edit in my world is uh, Mrs. L. Because, well, frankly, I'm frightened of her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She who must be obeyed.
1: That's it. The War Office, Ministry of Fun, all of those things. What about
0: you? Who who do you share calendars with? Yeah, so it's an interesting one for me. In this role, I'm high enough up in the organization that I have some sway of how I've organized my calendar. So I want to talk about maybe a little bit about what I'm doing currently. And Mm -hmm. uh, I use office hours, which is I have certain days of the week that I'm scheduled for a period of time that I'm free for anybody to approach me. The rest of the time, I block that for myself, for my own stuff, for the work that I need to do. And that has worked exceedingly well. I'm available on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays between these hours. Mm-hmm. Working from home and having that distance where people can't just poke their head around my office door sure. has actually really helped my productivity in in terms of that. The corporate culture that I have is not one for a lot of extraneous meetings. Meetings tend to be off the cuff. They tend to be unstructured, uh, which has pros and cons to it. But giving myself sort of office hours that I'm available for those is good. For my staff, uh, I like to have, if we're going to have meetings, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about that. Set them all up on one day out of the week. Yeah. That way you're not having constant interruptions. Now I do like the idea of a morning, I hate to say the word morning huddle because that just, you know, the team cheer and all that stuff comes to mind and that scares (laughs) the heck out of me. Uh, I do like the idea of uh, intentionality and understanding what people do. So uh, effective, Uh, conversations in the morning can go something about, uh, well, what did you do? What are you doing today? And what help do you need? What do you need from anyone else? And that way everybody can coordinate. So nobody's sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for an email response to something that nobody's looked at because I don't look at emails till three o'clock in the afternoon. That's when my energy wanes. So I, I think there is some productive point to that, whether you have to do that as a meeting Yeah, there's a little bit on there. I think with some of the virtual tools, Slack, uh, you know, even an email, you can do things like that in a much simpler way. However, big organizations always feel productive. Managers feel productive when they're having face to face conversations and they're monitoring what their staff do. Sure. It takes a lot to trust that your staff are going to do what you want them to do at your schedule. Everybody always has their own idea. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a reality. I have a different idea of how I want to structure my day than my boss has an idea of what he thinks my priorities should be. And that's okay. That's part of the dynamics. You've just got to trust that, that you've hired the right people. You've given them enough authority and responsibility to do the job that you're actually paying them for. And that you've set up the job in such a way that they have the tools that they need or the resources available should they need uh, additional help. It's a hard thing to do that balance to get right. Uh, and I've, seen, I've worked for companies where it's gone well and I've worked for companies that it's not gone well. I think the worst uh, companies I've seen are corporate exchange servers with integrated Outlook emails. Mm-hmm. they are uh, outlook uh, exchange calendars they are mm-hmm. horrendous because all of a sudden everybody can write on everybody else's uh, you know oh look everybody's free and this time i'm just going to send you an invitation because this is where everybody on the floor needs or i'd like them to come and listen to what i have to say does the meeting have to be had uh, again if this is a uh, coming from a supervisor your chances of saying no are a lot harder what i used to do was time block a schedule an appointment with myself in my outlook calendar those were a couple of hours in the morning a couple of hours in the afternoon and people could work around that you know it's not like i'm saying i'm not available this day if somebody really needs to have one of these meetings that you know with the seniority in that business there were lots of dukes and barons and uh you know Everybody had a title and uh, sure, I sure. think there's only three workers. It was very difficult to avoid meetings, but take, take a time, just block off your time. You don't have to put, if it's a fairly visible calendar, what it's for, just block off a personal block of time ahead of time, a, weeks out. A recurring task, recurring appointments are good for that. And that will actually uh, hopefully mean that people will work around the times where you want to be productive. Knowing your energy level is a great thing to do. Uh, one of the things I do recommend, if you haven't done it, set a timer every hour on the hour on your phone, just one little beep. Take a moment to assess your energy level at that point do that for a couple of weeks. It's amazing what patterns you'll actually see to when you're feeling positive, when you're feeling energized, when you're feeling motivated, or when you just want to have a 10-minute nap at your desk uh, in two o'clock in the afternoon after your lunchtime crash. So I, I think it's important to kind of look at that and really protect your time as much as you can. In business. This is harder than when you're in a consulting role or, in my case, a much more diverse role where I've, I've got a little bit more control over that. But again, you need to make times that you're available and by which time you can actually use the reverse, block off the times that you're not available or don't want to be available.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been looking at uh, Calendly. Uh, have you come across that? It's, it's the sort of uh, web service version of Office Hours. So you, you set up some office hours, uh, you give the, the access to people that might want to speak to you, and they can book time in your calendar that you've you've put there as available. So it's exactly the same service, but you don't need to have Outlook uh, for Exchange, etc. Um, I've never needed to use it because, you know, generally speaking, I suppose, a traditional office model, I was sitting in the middle of the office, I was one of the bosses, so everybody knew who I was and where I was. And if they wanted to speak to me, then they would. They would uh, generally they'd find somebody that they thought I liked and ask them if they would speak to me because I was a bit scary at times. <laughs> the The thing i found now is um, it's it's exactly what you touched upon. It's about trust. So if you take Nero's notes, uh, which uh, people don't know, it's simple online e commerce business. We have a website. Uh, and then we have a, a small office in near Stonehenge, there you are, near Stonehenge in England, where the wonderful Claire um, goes in, looks at what orders have come through, packs those orders beautifully, I have to say, uh, and sends them out to people. That That's essentially the dynamic of the business. So most of the back office stuff I do from here in Cyprus. And Claire and I speak, well, we have one scheduled meeting per week. And that's for 15 minutes. Uh, We usually have that meeting, not always. And we may speak uh, another time in the week, or we may not speak at all. Uh, Claire is incredibly capable, gets on with what she has to do. She works the hours that she wants to work we have an agreement on you know what we're trying to do and the, and essentially that is if you order on a on a monday then on tuesday morning your order will be on its way to you nice that's that's the that's what we do and i leave her to it and if she needs me she can reach me but we've got that level of trust that she doesn't try and reach me unnecessarily so she'll make decisions uh, on things that she's capable of making decisions on. If she needs my input, she will holler through one of the, you know, asynchronous methods, whether that be email or uh, we use signal. She's a part of a Slack or two that I'm involved in. But uh, I've put my trust entirely in her and it suits her really well. So I say she, she's another one of these strange people just go running for pleasure.
0: With nobody chasing her?
1: No, exactly. Oh, wow. Uh, And she lives in England, so the weather is awful. Um, So when she gets a nice bit of weather, she says, I'm going to go for a run. Great, okay. (laughs) Um, And she does that, and then she comes back and works when it suits her. Nice. That's really, really easy. For some of my other clients in my consultancy business, I have to be a bit more available, but I have to train them as well not to expect instantaneous answers. No, the... The business I work in, there are certain things where my expertise only has value if it's instant. So um, I'm an anti-money laundering consultant. If people have a situation that concerns them, they want my advice immediately. And for that, that's what the telephone is for. For anything else, then I gradually and gently because the customer is always right, train them to expect answers within certain time frames. And again, because of the nature of the business, there's a tendency to panic. So any regulator gets in touch with a small business, you will see that small business jump. (laughs) I'm sure they do it. I'm sure they do it for you. And the tax authorities get in touch. Suddenly everybody wants to speak to Justin. Yeah, With me, it's it's the compliance guys.
0: Yeah, I was uh, talking about that a couple of weeks ago where we were chatting and I said that my Monday morning was ruined by a phone call from uh, a Government tax auditor, and Stu said, "Well, why didn't you just not ha- not pick up?" And it's like, okay, that is one of those phone calls that you pick up. You <laughs> jumped, sure. exactly. But yes, I'm I'm very much the same way. I protect my time. If anything is urgent enough, text me or call me on my phone. I'm available all the time. But things that are routine, you can really do a lot to. Prevent uh, people from writing on your wall uh, calendly yeah. I uh, Stu mentioned that, and I was laughing to myself. I had to deal with a vendor the other day I'm looking for some software customization, and so I went on to their Calendly and got this nice little video call using Google teams Ooh. which prompted a an email from me saying can't you just call me on my gosh darn phone <laughs> uh, because I don't need to see you. We're, we're talking about changes to software. There's no reason I actually need to see you. So uh, yeah, they have advantages and disadvantages. They could be a little cold rather than, you know, figuring out what works. But for, for external, external clients, they are a wonderful, wonderful way to do that. It depends on the business you're in, whether you can actually schedule time. You know, some clients, uh, as Stu said, when they've got a problem, they expect to be able to get a hold of somebody in a hurry. And you've got you've got to kind of join, you know, look at that balance. Uh, and again, I think with experience and looking at the times you're available and times you're not, what is realistic for a return phone call? If people are getting into productivity, time blocking, time management, one of the things I recommend is a Pomodoro technique. And we'll cover that later. But the idea is that you work in 25-minute blocks. And I've always said that anybody cannot check email for 25 minutes. If you don't get an email response in 25 minutes, or even you get a voicemail and you get a call back, at worst, 25 minutes later, nobody's going to be terribly upset. If you wait several hours because you've got a big time block, it's a whole different thing. So even in customer-focused, client-focused roles, I think there's still some leverage for blocking time but we'll, we'll talk about pomodoros more specifically in a later episode for sure
1: um i mean the, the other thing i would say about calendars uh is that i would never have any calendar notifications switched on and that's partially because i want that intentionality of looking at the calendar in the morning or as you say seeing it uh transported across into my task manager mm. Um, I want to look once. I don't want to be reminded during the day that I've blocked off time for this or time for that. That's if I'm working, I'm working. I don't need notifications. Mm. And I think that's important. Notifications are the work of the devil. I think we're agreed on that.
0: Yeah. though I, I, I have a confession to make. I do have notifications for the family calendar.
1: Uh, that's fear again, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, when my wife has put something on there, I respond. And I want to make sure I don't forget it either. So yes, I do have <laughs> just one notification in there. Fear of God.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I saw something else you put in the show. Something about um, the menu bar. Talk me through that. What's
0: that? I like? saw uh, Max Sparky, uh, David Sparks, uh, podcaster, writer, just general. Lawyer. Uh, multi-potentialite. Let's, let's call him that because, you know, he really fits that uh, definition. He wrote a blog post where he actually puts his appointments, his calendar, is actually in the menu bar. And so he schedules his time and that pops up so that he can see it on the top of his Mac showing what he should be working on at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a hyper scheduler, so this is very, very important for him. He puts everything into his digital system. I was kind of curious because I know that you use the digital system a little more. And, and now that we've talked on it, it's not something that we do. But if you are into that, there's a couple of applications, particularly on the Mac, where you could do that. And if you're time blocking, just looking up and seeing, hey, this is what I should be working on at this point, really seemed like a good idea. So there's a link to his blog post in, in the show notes. Uh, if you're interested in that, I really suggest taking a look at and reading it.
1: Oh, very good. I will have a look at that. I'm not sure it'd be for me, but um, I'm always interested in seeing the best way to, to do these things.
0: Yeah, I could certainly see a use case for that. Uh, you know, if you were to schedule your day out, especially if you have different roles and you schedule each role mm. differently, the time that it would take to put everything into a calendar, I think for me would drive me nuts. Whereas I could do that quickly on on a, on a written calendar. But, uh, you know, it's, it's there. It's an option. And it might be a, a way that works for some digital natives.
1: Indeed.
0: indeed. So, Stu, so, how do you share calendars? Because I know you have jobby job devices and then you have creative job devices, and they're different. Mm. How do you share calendars between them? Oh, um, it, it is a bane. Um,
1: the, the jobby job stuff with the, this most recent client is it's it's at some of the things we've been saying it's a microsoft exchange server so it work with anything as long as it's outlook <laughs> and it will it will kind of work with the mac i mean that's not true it works pretty well with the mac but it works better with a windows machine so i i have a windows laptop uh, i also have an android phone uh, which will run they run the exchange server, uh, and I've I made the decision to move my jobby job consultancy business, which is different but the same, onto those machines as well. Sort of leaving my Apple world uh, for the creative uh, businesses, mm-hmm. like Nero's notes, my writing, etc. And it is a pain. And what I've found actually is that my iPad Pro has become the bridge. Oh, interesting. So, on the iPad Pro, which is what I use in, in the mornings when I'm uh, when I'm upstairs doing my my time planning, time blocking. Sorry, um, is that I have Exchange on the iPad. I have the the wonderful Microsoft Teams on the iPad. Uh, so, I yes, yeah, quite. So I can you know get a glimpse of what's happening in the jobby job world otherwise i'm i'm upstairs and and all of that is downstairs which is just a little bit awkward Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm struggling with it at the moment to to understand how i what in my mind's eye i would have the exchange stuff on that android phone and on that laptop which would essentially be uh here in the office or the phone would be with me and i would keep that very segregated and because i can be disciplined about my time i you know, I'd work on it when I want to work on it. In reality, I find myself going, "Oh, I just got to check that thing." Oh, no, it's on that machine, and that machine's not with me now. So do I? Oh, so it's awkward. There's the part of me that says, you know, I'd like to put everything on one machine or on one set of machines, and and work through that way. But a lot of the work that I do for the for this client is on a a remote access to the server. And that's where having Windows running really makes a difference. Uh, it's just a much, much nicer experience. It's The platform is called Microsoft Azure, I think it's now called. Uh, it's just box standard remote access. But uh, through a Mac or through iOS, I found it awkward, difficult, just kept going wrong. So I now have Exchange on the iPad as well as my other sort of creative email. So I've now got multiple emails everywhere and I, I'm in a state of flux, it's fair to say. It's a struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. Um, clearly, I just need to do less work. That's probably the answer, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: So let's let's close this up with uh, a tip and a takeaway for our listeners. What, what would you say is one tip that you would like to give our listeners for uh, about calendaring and time blocking uh schedule your time if if you have if you look
1: at a day and just say okay i'm just going to work then i guarantee you that you will find yourself responding to email all day being in an urgency mindset where everything is responsive that's that's fine some jobs do do require that but actually if you want to move things forward if you want to improve things then you have to be less responsive less urgent mindset and more important mindset so find that important thing that big rock that we we're always talking about and schedule it when are you going to do it between 9 and 11 11 and 12 whatever works for you schedule that in because that will That intentionality will make you do it. And if you keep doing one important thing a day, you will achieve great things. What about you, Justin? What would you recommend?
0: Okay, so my recommendation is along the same thing, but mine is much more about protect your time. Because I think one of the biggest problems in a corporate jobby job is that people will try to interrupt you and take that flow state Completely out of your equation. I really like the idea of office hours. That is, I'm going to be available on these several times a week that I'm open for unstructured topics, whether that is you're opening a Zoom window and you're saying, okay, I'm going to be online in Zoom. If you want to talk to me, come and drop in at this time, you know, between three and four, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays whatever that is but give everybody a chance to have unstructured conversation with you as well as protect the rest of your time and I think that's a way that you can really schedule the rest of your time and avoid those interruptions that are going to throw you a little off off where you want to be
1: sure no good advice I'm I've noted that down. I like the idea of, of some scheduled time where people can reach me and I won't be growly or barky
0: that's probably a good thing <laughs> I, uh, is there such a time? Depends, I guess, on what the interruption is. <laughs> like I say, I I I can
1: school myself, Justin. I can say, right, this is a time I've invited people to interrupt. <laughs> I, I should be welcoming <laughs> of such interruptions.
0: Uh, five o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> Why not? All right. Uh, Stu, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh well, you can find uh, Justin and I both at stationaryadjacent.com. Uh if you're looking for some nice stationery at uh, Nero's Uh and my writing you can find at stuartlennon.com. What about you, Justin?
0: You can find me at JustinTwifer.com. There's links to both Stu and my home pages on our website, uh thestationaryadjacent.com. I also write uh, about stationery. And my thoughts and usage with stationery on writeexperience.com. Our next topic, we're going to at least start having a conversation because I think this is going to be a big one. But we're going to talk about email, which will be next week. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yeses.